We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everybody welcome to another episode of the pack a day podcast your one-stop shop for all things green and gold it is the last week before the regular season starts this is our last week that we're not going to be doing a game preview for a while and we're glad that you're joining us here on the Packaday Podcast. My name is Mike Willen, and I'm joined by the full crew this week. Matt Fralick and Gage Bridgeford with us. Guys, it's been way too long, and it's good to be have the three of us talking again. It's awesome to be back, man. I feel like Gage brought that up. I feel like I said it was a month. It's probably longer than that. But it's it's good that we're at least reconnecting before the season starts, because if we were you know trickling into September, October, and still in just absolutely erratic schedules that would that wouldn't be great but it's exciting to you know a week away once this podcast releases for a game and i'm pumped to get into the packers and just look at this the schedule and look at the games and look at you know just our potential for the 2021 season with the packers yeah i haven't gotten the chance to look up officially how long it has been but i know it's been at least two months or at least eight weeks uh just based on how busy I've, I know I've had work and family in town and other stuff. And I know Matt, you've traveled and mm-hmm. Mike has been working, traveling and everything else. So it has been a while and I'm glad that we're all here. We get to knock the rust off a little bit. So that way, when we come back next week and get to preview the Packers saints game, which we're not talking about today, but when we're previewing that game, we'll, we'll be all in early regular season form and uh, getting ready to uh, start hitting our stride. Absolutely. For us, it's it's our final preseason warm-up before we get to the previews next week. But of course, before we get started, check us out on all podcast platforms, on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast, and check out the YouTube channel that Andy's been working on. It's been spectacular. That's Packaday Podcast on YouTube as well. And for our main topic today, if you look all over the internet, you will see bold prediction articles for every team. Green Bay, New Orleans, Minnesota, whatever it be, there will be bold predictions. Zach Cruz has a really good one on Packers Wire with he made a bunch of bold predictions and we thought we would do the same. So we're going to do one prediction for all three of us or per person, I should say, that we've made for this team and and these are all pretty bold. So let's jump right in and we'll start with mine because mine's the only one that involves the defense. My prediction is the Green Bay Packers will lead the NFL in sacks as a team this year. Last year the league leader was 56 and that was Pittsburgh. I think the Packers can top that. I really do. I think they can get 
at least two guys with t- 12 plus, whether it's Zadarius, Preston, or Geary, two of the three. I think Kenny can get seven to ten. I think Kiki can get five to seven. I think you you have safeties coming off the blitz, whether it be a guy like Savage, Henry Black. I, I think Joe Barry is going to be aggressive with his linebackers and his safeties. I think they're going to get to the backfield a lot. And with how good we expect the Packers' offense to be, put a lot of teams in passing situations early or early in the second half at the very worst, you can tear, you can pin your ears back and, and go after that quarterback. I don't think it's that crazy. Like, you can rationalize this. Like, first of all, Steelers at 56, their defense is amazing. You expect that to carry over. Bud Dupree's gone from there. I think he was a dynamic edge guy for them, so that sack total will go down a little bit. Packers at 41 last year. You could make an argument that if Rayshon Gary plays – more snaps. Preston Smith is actually a factor on defense. And I think some of the interior guys might be able to open up Kenny Clark. You said, what, 7 to 10 for Kenny? That seems like a lot. But I think that edge is going to be able to produce a lot more than they did last year. Um, hopefully, Zadarius Smith is fully healthy once the season starts with that back injury. But I don't think it's that crazy of a, of a, of a take. As I initially heard it, I thought yours was a little bit more outlandish than uh, Gage and myself, but I, I don't think it's that far off. Gage, what are your thoughts here? Is, are they going to compete? I mean, against the Steelers, we're talking about like the Steelers, the Rams, the Bucks, Cardinals. Washington football team is a great front seven and get after the quarterback. Do, do the Packers have a chance to get into the uh, the number one spot for sex? You know, so you had mentioned the Steelers and traditionally how good their defense is. And I so I was curious. I was doing a little Googling here while you guys were chatting. And I wanted to see, when do you guys think the last time the Steelers ranked outside the top five in sacks for a season was. Man, I, I'm trying to think. Like, they had a weird spell without Bud Dupree, without T.J. Watt, a couple years prior to that, but they still have always good linebackers. I want to say, like, 2014. I'm just going to throw a number out there. Matt, I don't know about 2019. Guess 2019. Actually, you would, uh, you'd both be wrong, but Matt was closer. 2016. In 2016, okay. the Steelers had 38 sacks, which was – Looks like I believe eighth is how is what that is. That was also the last time they didn't lead the league in sacks. Wow. The the Steelers every year from 2020 back to 2017 either led or were tied for the lead in sacks. They I think the they were tied with the Chiefs one year. Other than that, they had led every year. And that was also coincidentally the last time the Packers were as high up. They were they had 40 that year. They were looks like tied for fit or they were fifth place that season. The Packers leading the league in sacks would, as you said, require a lot of things to go right. But let's go ahead and break it down real quick. So you look at Detroit. I don't think the Detroit offensive line is that good. I think Green Bay can get they get to play them twice in a year. That's a good thing. Jared Goff's also not mobile. He's definitely less mobile than Matt Stafford is. So it's a little easier to sack a guy that can't move very well. All right. Moving on to Chicago. You get to play them twice. The Chicago offensive line right now is a total rebuild. I love Tevin Jenkins, but Tevin Jenkins is hurt, not even necessarily going to play. So you get two. So you get two games against that group. Especially, I think that's the game. Kenny Clark. So you, Matt, you said, oh, I don't know if Kenny can get seven or mm-hmm. whatever. That's a game. Those games he can do that because the Bears' interior offensive line is really, really poor. It's really easy to get sacks there. Now. Again, now, if Justin Fields is starting, it would be a little harder just because he is more mobile, but he does have a tendency to hold on to the ball, so that could, so it could happen there. Now, against Minnesota. Minnesota has invested a ton in their offensive line, and for whatever reason, it's never good against Green Bay. They're always, they're always bad. Kenny Clark looks like a god amongst men whenever he gets to match up against Garrett Bradbury, and I'm okay with that. 
So I think he can get him there. Now, the rest of the schedule is kind of difficult. They do have to play against Baltimore, do have to play against Cleveland, uh, I believe Seattle. They got they got a couple of other matchups in here. So Green Bay leading the league in sacks would be asking a lot. But do I think it's like completely out of the realm of possibility? No, I don't. Because Green Bay has, as you said, talented rushers. You got Z if he can come back healthy. I think Preston has a has a better year this year. You have Rashawn Gary's going to get more work. There's a lot of guys on this team, and I think that they're going to throw, like you said, exotic looks with the def- with the defensive backs. Jair, I guarantee, gets Jair has at least three sacks this year minimum. I like that. Just because his natural instincts and his ability to his ability as a blitzer, and I think that Joe Barry gets a little spicy with Jair and lets him do kind of like play the hey you're good go do your thing and we'll see what happens with it. And if you get burned, that's okay because you're good and I know that you see what you, what you're supposed to see. So I don't think it's completely outlandish. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's I think it's going to be difficult, but it definitely definitely could happen if just everything kind of breaks the right way. The matchups are the matchups do give you some possibility, and I mean you also got to factor in every other team's got to be healthy. You said the Steelers. I mean yeah, they lost Bud Dupree. They're replacing him with Alex Singleton, and then did they sign Justin Houston or where did Justin Houston sign? Was that Baltimore? Isn't he? He did just sign somewhere, he didn't just he? just signed somewhere. I think it was Baltimore. Yeah, he's on Baltimore. That's Okay. Uh, oh, no, they signed Melvin Ingram. That's who the Steelers mm-hmm. signed. So there you go. I think that Pittsburgh generates a, lot of, generates a lot of pressure, but they've also been ahead for a long time, and I think their offense is going to regress. I think they're not going to be as bad as everybody assumes they are, but I think they're going to regress some, and so that'll give less opportunities for sacks. So – do I think Green Bay leads the league in sacks this year? No. Do I think Green Bay can be top five easily? Yeah. And things break their way, right? Especially if the offense is really cooking. It could happen. Definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And they were they were 15 off the pace last year. They came in with 41. They came in tied for 10th with Miami. Again, Pittsburgh, that was 56. Surprisingly, Philadelphia ended up third. I thought that one was really strange, too. I didn't understand why they got so high up there. When you look at all of the teams in the top 10... The outlier is easily Philadelphia, which is just mm-hmm. just bonkers. But I do think with, with the if the offense can put points up, make teams have to throw the ball, which I think could hurt Pittsburgh with their sack numbers because, like Gage said, their offense I think is going to be have a rough year. I think Roethlisberger is done, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to move the ball that well, so they're going to have some problems with possession, and they're not going to be on the field as much to try and to get after the quarterback. But a team like the Rams, obviously Aaron Donald's going to get his 15 every single year. You know that's going to happen. But I think Green Bay's got enough balance, enough aggressiveness, and enough ingenuity with Joe Barry that they can really make a run at this. And I, I think if you get breakouts from guys like Kingsley Kiki, Rashawn Gary, even guys like Chris Barnes or Campbell, or even Orton Burks on a blitz every now and then, mm-hmm. you can you'll be they can get to the quarterback. I think they'll have two guys with 12, and they can balance the rest of it out, and they can, they can get up there approaching 50, 55 sacks. And I think that that could be good enough to lead the league. And if they do that, I think they're in a very, very good position going forward for the playoff for a playoff run. The Eagles had no one over eight sacks last year. Sorry to sorry to interrupt you there on the transition. No, the Eagles, Eagles thing had, is the Eagles had no bizarre. one over eight sacks, but between Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Josh Sweat, they had twenty and a half sacks between those three guys. Damn. So that helps make up a lot. That's like that's forty percent of your production between three guys. And so that's how they got it. Derek Barnett had five and a half. Javon Hargrave, four and a half. So it's just – and then you just 
ticky tack at him up after a while. But I was I was curious because I heard you say it and I was like that they did have third in the league in sacks last year. So I wanted to go look that up. But that was so that was a little interesting. Go ahead and uh, transition there, Mike. So we got our first bold prediction out of the way defensively. Let's flip it over to the offense, and they both involve the passing game. And Matt, we're going to talk about yours first because yours involves an individual player. What is your bold prediction? So I'm looking here. Uh, I like I like the defensive side. I think the offensive side right now. I'm going to go with Alan Lazard being the second leading uh, receiving yards for the Packers. I think. Based off of last year's production, he played in 10 games, had a pretty good year. Unfortunately, you know, missed a lot of time. And relative, you know, to MVS playing and himself, like, I feel like the yards were very similar once you get down to the end of the year. Um, If Lazard ends up playing the full season, I think he overmatches MVS. I've always felt that Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard have had a really good chemistry together. I think Robert Tanyan, you know, I was shocked when I looked at his receiving yards from last year. Obviously, he had the huge touchdown total, but I want to see he was only over like 500 yards from last year. So I don't think it's that bold of a take. I just do at this point in the season, you know, we especially during training camp and preseason, the receiving core was such a, you know, who's going to be left? Are they going to go six or going to go seven? Andy had talked about a couple weeks ago on the, the Pack of Day podcast on the YouTube side that they could go five. And I feel like Alan Lazard was always the kind of that afterthought. He wasn't the potential practice squad or sixth receiver, seventh receiver like Juwan Winfrey or EQ or Malik Taylor. But he's he's a productive player on this offense when healthy. And he really only has played one full season healthy at that one year we had like one he played one game last year like I said he missed six games so I think Alan Lazard is a great chance just based off his chemistry his production and I think you don't you know if you're going side by side between MVS and him I, I, I just trust Lazard a lot more and I think MVS did have a really good offseason really good mini camp training camp and stuff I think he looks a lot faster than he has in years past but he's you know it's tough to it's tough to uh drop that drop narrative behind you. I think Alan Lazard's got an excellent chance to be the number two receiver behind, obviously, Devontae Adams. Yeah, this is this to me, I think, is the boldest one of the three we have, because, I mean, I like Alan Lazard. He, I I really enjoy watching him, watching him play, and I think he's a, the second best all-around receiver on the team. But I, I think with what you saw in the NFC Championship game with MVS, getting a lot of chances to make some big plays, and with how much he is being talked up throughout training camp from Rodgers and Coach LaFleur and, and so on and so forth. I think MVS is get probably going to number two. Also, the contract year thing for MVS, he's going to be looking to make some money. I think he's going to make some big plays. They've talked about his focus is better, his hands have gotten better. And if that's true, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be pushing 1,000 yards. Lazard was on pace for 720 last year if he had played all 16 games, which is a very good number for a number two or number three receiver. That's That's solid. Mm-hmm. But you also factor in Bob Tunyon's going to get some touches. DeGuar's going to get some more touches if he's healthy. The running backs will get touches. Randall Cobb's going to get some touches now that he's back. All those targets can't go to just Adams, MVS, and Lazard. So that's going to split targets up. I think Lazard might be the guy who suffers the most from that just because he's probably not as explosive as the other guys. He's a good, he's a great third down guy. He's a great blocker. But I'm just not, I think he, if, I think he's gonna be the most likely to suffer from a, a lack of targets compared to the other guys just because of what his skill set is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I was leaning uh, when Matt mentioned it that this was going to be his uh, like his take here in the pre, in the pre-show. I was thinking, I was like, uh, could he do that? I I don't know. It'll be the thing. I the main thing I think is his role is very specific in terms of he like so you have MVS has is the deep guy, he's the speed guy, whatever. You have Tay is your number one. He can do it all. You have Cobb and Amari Rogers who kind of do the underneath slot gadgety stuff you have obviously your your bob tunyon who is your your tight end who can who catches everything thrown to him and scores touchdowns alan lazard is that guy he seems kind of like the, the the classic phrase the jack of all trades master and none type he's not he's not a he's he can do jump balls a little bit he's not like pure jump ball guy but he can do jump balls he can he he's also really consistent catch wise i feel like he had a drop here or there, but for the most part, he's pretty consistent in that aspect of the game. He is—he's got good size, which you love to see. He's not the fastest guy, so I think that Lazard is the guy that everybody wants a player like him on your team, but not everybody has him. And if now if like MBS goes down with an injury, I could absolutely see Alan Lazard getting to number two in yard stats, but. I just don't think I just don't know if he's going to get like you said, Mike, the volume to get to that number two role. Because even like extrapolating his forty five point one yards per game last year, like you said, that was around seven hundred yards for the season. I mean, MBS had six hundred ninety yards, and he if MBS catches just one or two more balls, he he breaks that. How many? So MBS dropped the long ball in the was it the Bears game or the Niners game? I think it was the Bears game, right? 
that would have yes. blown the game way open. Mm-hmm. So he had that one, and then too. I was going to say, and then he had one other one. So, like, if he just catches those two long balls, he MBS probably clears 800 yards on the year. So I think if Lazard was a little bit more of a deep threat, I think that I could absolutely see him getting there. I just think he's too 10 to 15 yardage style guy. And as far as the debate, it's terrible to bring up something to counter your point, right? In the debate, I think the great the the bartering chip here is that MVS is just a a, a, a higher yards per reception guy. Like that's a hundred percent what he does, right? But I think Allen's just way more efficient. Like they both had the same amount of receptions last year, but it took sixty three targets for MVS to do it, where it was forty six targets for. Uh, Lazard to do it now the only like I said the only difference is when Alan Lazard catches it it's probably you know five to 15 yards with MVS catches it it's 15 to you know 70 whatever the possibility is for him running that deep that deep seam route so I just think like I said a full year with Lazard in this offense you know he had in 2019 it looked okay but I think what he can really do in this offense now is going to be great but there are going to be a lot of other models to feed like Mike had mentioned there's now, now you have the Mario Rogers, Randall Cobb. You're gonna have a full plethora of tight ends now, and even more so if and when Jay Sternberg comes back to the active roster, he can he can catch the ball in the backfield or potentially even on, you know as the number two tight end. But I I just I like Alan Lazard's game. I've liked it for a long, long time since he was in Iowa State and continued on. But I the only issue, like I said, with MVS is that he looked like he had a really good offseason. And just his yards per catch is one of the higher in the leagues based off of last year. But I think just the the efficiency with Ion Lazard might be able to push him over the edge. And you could be right. That that's gonna be something to keep an eye on. And I again it all comes down to where do we think the target share goes, and that's gonna be the key thing. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun thing. And if he ends up second, that's gonna be awesome. Even if he doesn't, I think he has a good year and this offense is gonna be awesome either way. This is gonna be just so much fun and and the fact that we're talking about Alan Lazard more is good because he deserves it. He deserves to be talked about. He is a very good receiver. And I'm worried about how much you're going to have to pay him in a couple of years once his entry, all, all of his exclusive rights stuff is gone. He goes to restricted free agency. That's going to be very interesting because MVS may price himself out of Green Bay this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. So that being said, let's jump to our third and final bold prediction, also involving the pass catchers. And Gage, this one is yours. Yeah, and mine is uh, a little on the bold side. I think that this is something that if Green Bay doesn't do it this year, I definitely think at least one other team in the league does. And that is Green Bay has three 1,000-yard pass catchers. So Devontae Adams is one. As long as I saw somebody on uh, fantasy Twitter the other day said, if what are the odds that or what's the percentage that Devontae Adams doesn't finish as a top five fantasy receiver? I was like, assuming him and Rodgers are both healthy all all year, the odds are 0%. He saw 149 targets last year, caught 115 of them, 1,374 yards, and 18 touchdowns. He also only played 14 games. If Devontae Adams plays all 16 games last year, he breaks the franchise record for receiving touchdowns and doesn't break a sweat while doing it because he constantly – everyone knew he's getting the ball – and it didn't matter. He still was just better than your best corner. Next, I have MBS. I was talking him up in the Matt's, in Matt's segment. I think that he, like you guys have said, he's had a really good offseason in terms of he's been getting a lot of, a lot of, like, stuff has been thrown his way. People are like, hey, MBS looking good. He's really locking in. He's catching, he's catching more consistently. And with his big catchability, it's so easy for him to hit 1,000 yards. 
On 33 catches last year, he had 690 yards. I said that we already talked about two different deep balls that he dropped, that if he catches those, he clears 800 yards, and that's only 35 catches. And he was already over 800. With his big playability, it's just so easy for him to do to hit that big mark despite not being the like the highest volume guy. So that's why one of those things where even if Lazard gets a little bit more volume than than MBS does, MBS's ability to create big plays from anywhere, because I know that we there was the play a couple of years ago against the Raiders where he caught a drag route two yards in front of the line of scrimmage and then took it 75 yards to the house because he's just turns the corner and he's gone. Everybody talks about how fast Tyreek Hill is and no one really mentions or sees how fast MBS is because he's what is he six five six four? He's he's so tall. Everyone's like, yeah, he's tall. He's supposed to be fast, but no, he's he's just flat out fast, guys. People that are six four and and can run four three don't just grow on trees. My final one is kind of a mix. I don't have a set guy here, but I got either Rob Tunyon, who his would be a little more difficult. He averaged only eleven point three yards per catch last year. He caught everything thrown his way, 52 catches on 59 targets. That's great. But he only had 586 yards. If he can be a little bit more of a yard churner instead of a catch it and just basically wherever he's at, that's where he gets caught, which I understand that not every tight end does that. There's there's a reason that Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller are such rare pe- rare players. But I think Tanya could get it. Or if Green Bay really wanted to get their money's worth out of a player that signed a free agent deal this offseason – Aaron Jones. I thought about getting really spicy before we started the podcast and said that Aaron Jones getting a thousand and a thousand isn't out of the realm of possibility. He only had 355 yards last year. And I think if they wanted to, he could get a thousand and a thousand. I just don't think they want to thousand. Holy shit. He could do it. He definitely could do it. I think with AJ Dillon emerging though, and Kylan Hill, especially AJ Dillon, he's going to pull some targets and snaps away from Aaron Jones. The Tanya in a thousand yards to me is tough. Like Tanya had a good year last year, but like I said in mine, like he only had five hundred some yards. The touchdowns were obviously huge. I think there's gonna be some natural regression with that, especially with all the other uh receivers now. I, I man, it I don't think Tanya's the guy to do it. I think the Packers have a potential to have three of them. I don't but I don't think Alan Lazard's the guy either. MVS is for sure. Definitely Devonta Adams. It's just like that offense is productive enough. There's just so many mouths to feed. Like it's, it seems like it's tough to put it just into three guys when essentially they have four tight ends right now and six receivers and one really, really good passing back. Okay. Well, so, so real quick. So the, you said they have four tight ends. So they have Tunyon, what, DeGuara, Daphne, Mercedes. Is that, or wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, correct. DeGuara. Okay. Is that, that's the four? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go through it real quick. Mercedes last year had 10 catches. I don't really think that that number goes up. And he's got I think he Kelly knows- maybe taking the snaps as the big guy. I Like, he's got his role. We know what he's doing. You had DeGuara had, obviously, one catch. Okay, he got hurt. Fine. Dominique Daphne, who was the DeGuara replacement, two catches. Okay, so between three guys... 13 receptions last year. I'm not too concerned about that. And I know the name that we're kind of ignoring so far is Jay Sternberger, obviously mm-hmm. who's starting the season on the suspension list. And we kind of talked about it beforehand. We don't really think he makes the roster. If he does make the roster, then absolutely. I'm, I'm throwing my pick in the trash. 
for Rob Tunyon. And then Aaron Jones, like I said, I think Aaron Jones could get to a thousand. I just don't think they want him to get to a thousand. So, but it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Also, there's 17 games this year. That's actually your bet. That's your best. Yes. That actually that's, makes There's a, a whole sense. extra game for Green Bay to score points. And especially in who's that extra game against? Is it against, is it against an elite defense? No, it's against Kansas city where the goal is going to be, we have to score as many points as possible. Yeah, that, and that's so that, track meet. that could be yeah. a replay of the Rams Chiefs game from a few from a couple of years ago, where it was what was like fifty six to fifty six to like fifty three or something wild. Yeah, that, that was it like watching happen. a Big Twelve game. It was awesome. I had just had no surgery the week before, so I sat there on the couch and watched the entire time the entire thing. It was great. So yeah, seventeen game season. Rodgers knows his guys, and you said. Oh, there's too many mouths to feed. Okay, so you got Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb. I think those two will cannibalize each other. That's another name I didn't even mention this whole time. What if Rogers is like, you know what? Randall Cobb's back. That's my guy. I'm feeding my guy. Randall Cobb could hit a thousand yards this year, just because Rogers is like, I'm feeding my guys. And you see Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb see ten targets a game mm-hmm. a piece. So that that's another guy that I didn't even bring up here. But if those two guys cannibalize each other, Amari and Randall Cobb, okay. Lazard, I already said, I don't think he sees quite enough volume to factor in. Tunyon's going to get his touches. MBS is going to get his deep shots, at least one or two per game minimum. And Devontae Adams is going to get his. It, it's not like it's not like I'm throwing out just something wild that's just impossible here. No, it's not impossible by any means. And when you brought up Randall Cobb, I wanted to make some sort of like outlandish, insanely stupid bet that if he gets a thousand yards, I would do something. But <laughs> knowing Randall Cobb and Aaron's love for him, I'm not going to make that bet because I value my finances at this point. But I, I, I I'm Randall very well could if Aaron does force him in the scramble drill type stuff, especially with the young offensive line. But Devonte obviously is a lock. I think MVS is a pretty good bet. If if he's able to consistently catch those deep shots, because he's open constantly, he's become actually a very good route runner for a guy his size. He's actually grown a lot in that in that aspect. Oh, you mean like a guy is good? A, a guy is good, and he's not just bad like everybody seems to think he is, because he has like one or two drops, and everyone's like, oh, he's bad. That's what that means. Correct. Uh, but again, <laughs> it, it is a third guy. Whether it's Lazard, Tunyon, Jones. I mean, you never know. It could be even randomly a guy like Deguara could break out. I mean, we, we all know Matt LaFleur's love for Josiah Deguara. I, I, it's not likely, but you never know. He, I've, I've been comparing ever since he got drafted to Chris Cooley, and Cooley had some pretty big years in Washington So he, with Matt LaFleur as a coach there. So you never know. But I it, like it, that comparison. It's a, it's a very bold... It, these are three very bold statements. Like, legitimately bold. And I think... It'll be tough because he's because I think we, we you did the research gauge before we started recording. Last one was the Cardinals back in was it twenty two thousand eight or something like that. Two thousand eight, two thousand eight. I actually still have that list pulled up. Two thousand eight, Arizona Cardinals. Two thousand four, Colts. Ninety five, Falcons. Eighty nine, Washington. Eighty, Chargers. And and I remember though that obviously I wasn't alive then, but I remember reading about that Chargers team. That Washington team had a lot of great receivers. That Colts team. Duh, it's prime Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, all those guys. But we look at that Arizona team. Obviously, Bolden and Fitz at that point were great. Then Steve Breston out of nowhere had a thousand yards. Who's going to be the Steve Breston of Green Bay? 
It's going to be Steve, Randall Cobb, and then you're going to be broke. Malik Taylor. No. Steve Breston name. Like, when you said that earlier, I almost I almost fell off my chair. Like, the, yeah, we, we can ask Jacob what he thinks about Steve Breston, a Michigan guy. Unbelievable. Yeah, so it's it's possible. And another thing that I didn't even mention, the Chargers in 2019 came really close. They were seven yards from Austin Eckler, who only started eight games that year from pulling wow. it off. It's been recent. Mike Williams had 1,001 yards. Austin Eckler had 93, 993 yards. Keenan Allen had 1,199. And Eckler only started eight games that year. It's not completely impossible for it to happen. I was surprised those old and Chargers teams never did it with LT. For sure. My guess is there was just a lot of – like Gates. you had Antonio Gates, you had Tomlinson, but I who was the top receivers on that team? Well, even then you also had the they guys like Darren Sproles on those teams. Yeah, yeah. but Sproles didn't get enough touches. But anyway, it's it's a thing that has happened. It, like it's been a little while, but now you're now it's happened or been close to happening several times in the last decade. I think I saw like four or five teams. I just closed the tab. Four or five teams in the last decade have been close. Now you have an extra full game. Extra game makes all the difference. And you said when you started this topic that if Green Bay doesn't do it, another team might. I think and another team does. I think, I think like Tennessee. A.J. Brown and Julio? A.J. Brown, Julio, okay. Who is their tight end? Who's the other one, though? Their tight end is Anthony Kirkser. Not, yeah. not going to happen. I like if I, I mean, you're ignoring a pretty big one. Dallas. Dallas could do it. C.D., Amari, Michael Gallup could all do the- it. What about the Bucs? What about the Chiefs? Like, I don't think the no, Bucks Antonio Brown's going to get suspended before it matters. So. Ooh, all right, fair. The Chiefs, and I, the I'm Chiefs never going to talk good about a guy that doesn't deserve it. A so. decent look. Chiefs can't – no, Chiefs won't get so. it because Nicole Hardman's too con- – Chiefs. Yeah, I was like, Nicole's not consistent. Then, yeah, not I really think another color. team does it. I just don't know who. It could be It could be the Chargers. What about Buffalo? Austin Eckler's healthy for the full year. You have Mike Williams. You have – um, Keenan Allen, they they could easily do it. It's it's not it's not completely insane. By the way, uh, in 2004, when the Chargers went 12 and four and were first in the AFC West, LT only had 441 yards on 53 catches. Hmm. So like he was ca- he can catch balls, but he wasn't necessarily going too far with them. So, but I mean, yeah, the Chargers just a couple years ago were close. I mean, those guys are all still there. Justin Herbert takes year two leap. Boom, there you go. You mentioned the Bills. You got, yeah, Diggs, Cole Beasley, assuming he... Dawson Knox. Yeah, whatever. No, I, I, I'd lean more towards Gabe Davis, because Gabe Davis has kind of got that MBS factor of or, he's the big play guy. Or even if they decide to bring back John Brown, who's now a free agent. Oh, they, well, no, they have, a man, they have Manny Sanders. And they have, yeah. and there's another one that could... So, they, they, I mean, the options are there for sure. Mm-hmm. It's Pittsburgh, Chase Claypool... Juju, ben can, throw more, can Ben throw more than 10 yards? No, but Juju doesn't go that far down the field. But we're getting a little off the rails here. We're getting a little off the rails. I think another team has it. If there was a be- if I could go out somewhere and bet that, I would bet that it happens. And I'd probably be with you on that one. I just don't. I just like kind of thinking of which teams it could be because it's always fun to think about. I mean, even Minnesota could be one of those teams when you really think about it. Yeah, they could. Dalvin Cook. So that being said, as we wrap things up, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping as well. As we were recording this, the Packers did officially announce the trade for Corey Bajorquez. So he is officially in Green Bay, uh, 24 years old, great numbers in Buffalo, which is very promising, p- kicking in the cold, Six foot 208. They've not given him a jersey number yet. So that's going to be, I want to see how that ends up, whether he gets the number hmm. six like to replace our dear departed 14-year-old J.K. Scott. 
But either way, it, is, one out. it is official. Corey Bajorquez is a Green Bay Packer. I'm also the only ordained minister on the Packers roster. Good to know. Good. That's also good insight. Got to file that one away for later. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That that was actually on the five things to know about him on the Packers website that they just released a few minutes <laughs> that, ago. You know, that's important. These are the these are the priority things that we all need to know and pay attention to. So those are our some of our bold predictions. So let us know when this episode gets released, what some of your bold predictions are. Uh, let us know on the Twitter post that'll come from the release of the podcast tomorrow morning or Sunday morning. Let us know on our reviews on whatever social media or whatever podcast platform you use to let us know what. You, your bold predictions are for Green Bay this season. It's, I, I, I love reading it. I love hearing the optimism or pessimism, depending on your point of view, on what the Packers could do in 2021. It's going to be a lot of fun. And next week, we'll be here to preview the Packers and the Saints in Jacksonville because they had yeah. to go to Jacksonville. So we'll hope, and hopefully everyone in New Orleans, hopefully everyone's doing all right down there from the hurricane. Hopefully everyone recovers. Also in New York from the flooding that came afterwards. Again, everyone, hopefully you're all staying safe. But as we wrap things up, Gage, where can people find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter, at GBridgefordNFL. Uh, all my writings there, doing some stuff for Rotoballer this year, kind of dialing it back a little bit, focusing a little bit more on the news desk side. Still doing a weekly pr- uh, prop article with them with Monkey Knife Fight that'll uh, for Thursday Night Football, so that'll come out every Thursday morning. Uh, so you can look forward to that. Uh, doing some stuff with Dynasty Nerds, going to be doing the running back start sit column again this season. So that'll so you'll be able to look ahead to that one. Uh, and then uh, still doing Denver Stiffs, uh, Denver Nuggets coverage, which that'll take a little bit of a little bit of a backseat for the next uh, two month, a little month or so. Geez, I just realized the NBA season's only a month and a half away. Uh, so a little bit of a backseat there, still putting out some stuff there. I will be doing, as I have done for the last, I think this is my fourth or fifth year now, of every single Sunday, at, I will be from 9 a.m. right up until 1 o'clock kickoffs, I will be doing, answering all fantasy football questions that are tweeted at me, literally every single one of them. If you DM me, you tweet it at me, you respond to my tweet, because I send out when I schedule it every single Sunday, I will answer every one of them up to kickoff. Even if you're playing against me, I will answer it. You can ask friends that I've played against. I'll answer their question, even if they're playing against me. So that, but at Richard NFL, it's the easiest place to find me and all of my work. You can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. We are gearing up with Game on Wisconsin for our, I guess, live show slash meetup slash party slash whatever you want to call it on September 19th, right before the uh, Monday night game versus the Lions. That, or excuse me, September. Yeah, it is September 19th. So that's going to be awesome. We're really, really pumped for that. But I'm really pumped just for the actual season to start. I feel like it's been a tumultuous offseason with Aaron Rodgers' saga. We've gotten a little bit past that, but I think some fans, and myself included, are losing the fact that the Packers are a hell of a football team. They have a really, really good chance to at least get back to another NFC Championship game, and I'm looking forward to talking about that with you guys every single week on Pack-A-Day Podcast. And like Mike said, make sure you are, wherever you're listening, you're subscribed, liked, reviewed, and share it with your friends because that helps us grow. But um, it's going to be a hell of a season. I'm excited to break it down with you guys each and every week. 100%. And you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland, all one word. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm focusing on my broadcasting career We're, uh, for Zaleski Sports. Now, in full swing of high school sports, I'm doing soccer, volleyball, and football for the Amherst Falcons out in Amherst, Wisconsin, uh, One now one of the dynasties in high school football in Wisconsin. 
I got a big game this week. They'll be hosting Wittenberg Burnhamwood in a conference, two top ten teams in their division, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And you can find my broadcasting work at ZaleskiSports.com for that. It's Z-A-L-E-S-K-I. And like Matt said, find us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Follow our YouTube channel. Andy and, and every talking he's had a sub come in, have done great work on there. He's got great guests. We've had a couple players come on, and that's been a really, really cool uh, add-on to our Packaday Podcast family here. So that being said, we'll wrap things up for today. For Matt Freilich and for Gage Bridgeford, this is Mike Wendland saying so long, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned every single day for more Packaday content. And, of course, and as always, stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go. We'll see you next week for the start of the season. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.